going. Four two three, get fame. That's four two three, get fame. I would tell you to leave a message, but the truth is, I don't really care. I've had this hotline open for months, and not one of you jokers have what it takes to be famous like me. So leave a message if you want, but don't expect a call back. I've got way more important things to do than to waste my time on losers like Mascarita Sagrada and you all. Thank you, and have a nice day. Hello there, folks, and welcome back to the Grave Consequences podcast. I am Caleb B. That's where you can follow me on Twitter. Joined, as always, by Greg. You can follow him at, at xmaserati. If I sound congested, I do apologize. The recording date is August 5th, 2021. And as of this morning, I was diagnosed as COVID positive. Got the positive test and everything. So that's what I got going on. You gonna say what we discussed? You're gonna say anytime someone asks you if you're sure about anything? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not just sure. I'm COVID positive. Here we go. Yeah, absolutely. we're not insensitive. No, not at all. Hey, it's my COVID. Yeah, you live live your best life. It's your body, your choice. Exactly. Yes, my my illness, my choice. Come on now. Live, laugh, love. Yes, exactly. Um, speaking of live, laugh, love, uh, someone not laughing and not necessarily loving what she was doing at the time. Um, the Mac talked to sexy star in the back and they said like, Hey, I got a match for that creep, the moth. And I want you in my corner. And sexy's like kind of hesitant at first for some reason, but you know, after the Mac pumps her up, you know, she's like, okay, all right, Mac, I guess I'll do it then. So you know, we're seeing a little bit more of a fleshed out version of Sexy Star you know, as the season progresses. Yeah, we're seeing her. Uh, they're rebuilding the hero like she's going through where she's lost everything. She's lost her pride. And, you know, it's, just, it's a character arc, a hero's journey. We'll see where it goes. Mac is talking a little bit. And you know, I think I said this before, but I've seen him in TNA and he, he wasn't very impressive on the mic. Yeah. But here he's OK. Not yeah. great, but. You know, no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Oh, by the way, guys, don't be super worried about my uh, COVID for what it's worth so far. So far, just allergy like symptoms like a, sh- a slight cough, sore throat, that sort of thing. And we I should, can't smell. That's well, we it. should re edit this so that you just say it's not real. <laughs> no, <laughs> just to get people like conspiracy theory people upset with us and all that. Do not do that. <laughs> do not do that. Oh, and uh, live or die, I want these episodes released, Greg. Oh, that was never in question. Okay, good, good. I want to be able to laugh about this in two weeks and be like, <laughs> oh, man, remember that? That was a good time. Um, let's. Where was I at, man? Let's yeah, we just the, got done, sexy star. Let's blame the COVID fog. I forgot where we are. <laughs> we, COVID, or we did the uh, COVID. We did sexy star and Mac in the locker room. Yeah. That's fair enough. After that, we're introduced to the show by our commentary team. And Vampiro, by the way, wearing a nice little badass Lucha Underground-style hoodie. You know, plain black hoodie. Got the LU insignia in the top left breastplate corner. Nice little design for sure. And we are introduced to our first match of the night. Marty the Moth Martinez already in the ring. And I love that 
as Melissa is introducing him, he, well, one, he's standing right behind her like a creep. And as she says, the moth, she does the flying motion with her hand. Yeah, she she tries to get into it. I mean, she's great as a ring announcer. She has more presence than most ring announce, announcers on most shows, I, I would argue. Yeah, no, you're right. She is a very good ring announcer. It's just a shame that apparently she is very unlikable. I don't know how true that is because, I mean, it may be behind the scenes, but the fans loved her in that one when I was watching Impact yeah, uh, when Kenny showed up on Twitch. I mean, she seems beloved. Uh, I don't know how unlikable she is. I don't know. How, I don't know if I believe that. She yeah, might just she, have like a strong personality, like Reba. Uh, uh, Reba. Reba. Wait. wait uh, Matt's Reba wife. Sky? Matt Hardy's wife. Real life. Yeah, Reby Sky. Yeah. Reby Sky. Yeah. Like she might just have like a, like when when some, certain women have like a really strong personality, like and they just, you know, they just really just don't put up with anything. Like it oh. rubs. You know oh, what I mean? Sorry, and I mean legit. Because she's Latina, that's why. Is that what you're saying? I just meant strong personality, but we can go down that route if you're ready for. Well, you're gonna be dead soon, so you don't care about the uh, flack and the angry <laughs> letters we're gonna get. <laughs> yeah, those are those are yours to read. Um, <laughs> I can't read, so jokes on you. Yes, yes. And uh, what's funny is the Mac was also already in the. Well, no, no, no. The Mac was not already in the ring because the Mac came to the ring from the heel underground tunnel with sexy star for some reason it was really weird i didn't notice that yeah i was like what are they doing they should be going from the steps and then you know you figure out why you know they don't come from the steps later on as the match goes on but uh, the story of this match was like marty was really outmatched and it took the lights going out all on the undertaker level distraction and an appearance from someone who scared the daylights out of Sexy Star for Marty to get the advantage over the Mac. So we know, you know, how these guys are, are in the proverbial power rankings, you know? Yeah, it's pretty clear that Mac is better than Marty, but they had a pretty good wrestling match, I felt. Like, it was very, a lot of impact, because they're two big guys. Mm-hmm. So when they were when they were falling and they were slamming each other, like there was you could hear it in the ring. Like it wasn't like two smaller guys. There was some impact with just some of the basic moves they did. And, and you know, I, th- I think it was a if you took all the uh, drama out and they just had a straight match, it would have been a great. I would I liked it a lot. I, I was a fan of the way they wrestled and the way their styles uh, clashed. Uh, the only thing, the only downside I had to this match was the finish. Even though I like the move, it just was a little flat how it ended. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Um, but with that distraction, Marty gets the win, and Marty tells us, this woman, who, by the way, she's wearing a mask, she's got wings on her back, everything, and she looks just like a moth. She is the Mariposa. She's Marty the Moth's sister, the woman we have, we're teased about. At the end of season one, we're getting that payoff seven episodes later. It took a while, but here it is. Yeah. And this woman, by the way, uh, wrestled on the independent circuit as cheerleader cheerleader Melissa. You TNA fans may know her as Raisha Saeed, the uh, speaker for Awesome Kong. And She, she was great in TNA, by the way. She yeah. was amazing. Yeah, she was very good. She was very good. Um, 
after that, we got a vignette for Phoenix, who is, by the way, the Gift of the Gods holder, the sec or the only two-time Gift of the Gods holder. And this vignette, uh, the reason it stood out to me was like maybe it was the music they chose, the clips they chose to show the the way Phoenix was talking, but it felt like an epic vignette, like something big was going to happen, you know? Yeah, it seemed pretty big. I, I wasn't too, I wasn't paying too much attention because it was, it seemed like the, you know, tried and true story of like, I came from nothing. I had nothing. Yeah. Uh, wrestling was all I had. And we, it, as a wrestling fan, you just hear it so much. It didn't really resonate with me that much, but I, I, it is good that they're hyping him up. He is the challenger and this is what they should do. Well, yeah, and, you know, he even, like, there were a couple of really good lines there. He's like, you know, people said I could never come back from death until I did. People said I could never win the gift of the gods until I did. People said I could never win it back until I did. The way I would have crescendoed the promo here was to say, would <clears throat> would have been to have Phoenix say, you know, people say I'll never be the Lucha Underground champion until I am. If you would have said that, would have put that promo over the top. He didn't. Still a pretty good promo, though. That was a, that. That is a missed opportunity. That would have been great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because that's the thing. And yeah, you know, you've got to read. And those of you who are too lazy to read subtitles, shame on you. You know, you're missing out on good stuff. But <clears throat> this was a good promo. It really was, man. Phoenix is the man, and they're they're pushing him as they should. I mean, I, if anything. Uh... I think AEW does it enough, or they 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 do do it. But uh, most wrestling would be better with more, you know, packages to present each fight, like just like a UFC fight, like present it, make it exciting, hype it up. You know, this is a this is your main event title. This is a guy that just beat Corno, got his belt back, and is finally challenging. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't let everything go in cold. You know, this isn't Monday nights on USA before the Olympics or anything. Um. <laughs> After that, pardon me. Um, <coughs> goodness gracious. Jack Evans is in the shitter, of course. And you don't go in the shitter in Lucha Underground at the temple. No. And not expect <laughs> one man. You, they missed an opportunity here, too. What, did they, what, what should they have done? <laughs> Since this is Jack Evans, right? They should, uh-huh. and he was he was taking a piss standing up. They should have made him be one of those guys that drops his pants all the way down. Oh yeah, like a little <laughs> child. Yes. How funny would that have been if Jack Evans is pissing like a little kid and, the, and Draco comes in? Just like Butters in South Park. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great, dude. Uh, and I love you know Drago's like, hey, you, you're the you're the Dragon Slayer, and Jack Evans is all like kind of being evasive like oh the people the people call me that which is not right lie but <laughs> it is by the way i talked to uh when i when i when i met jack evans at wrestlecon 2016 this was a couple weeks after this episode of lucha underground i was like man i specifically like specifically i was like i loved your promo on this episode of lucha underground you popped me beyond belief when you you know you said the people gave me the name and then he buried my Niners hat because he's from Seattle. But whatever. Um, <coughs> Drago basically challenges Jack Evans to a fight in the shitter right there. And Jack Evans is like, who says I got to take care of you? And then PJ Black shows up with nunchucks in hand. Drago eventually kind of, you know, evens it up, has some nunchucks of his own. But then Jack Evans also has a pair of nunchucks. 
So we got two on one nunchuck situation, and the Rudos get the advantage. And then Aerostar shows up, and he has not been inside the temple at all this season, to my knowledge. And what did Aerostar bring with him? Uh, what did he bring with him, sir? Glow in the dark nunchucks. That's awesome. This was an amazing nunchuck fight. It was almost like a CW DC character show where yeah. they know it's corny and over the top and campy. And they're like, you know what? Let's have a giant nunchuck battle, which oh, is exactly like what this was. You mean like the Flash? I mean exactly like that, yeah. Because didn't they just have a uh, lightsaber battle? Oh, you know what? I forgot about that, but you're right. Yes, it, it's uh, as good as those shows can be. I'm not just clowning on them just you know, to be shitty because I liked Arrow season one and two. But let's be real. Those CW DC shows, they get corny. They do. And the thing is, like, the CG is only going to be so good because the budgets are not that big. No, they, they do the best they can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everyone gets my point, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Our next match was advertised as Cage versus Johnny Mundo. <coughs> no disqualification. Pardon me. Um, but before the match can start, we are bait and switched. And we find out Cage is going to be facing the debutante, Taya. And Taya is welcome to chants of Vera Loca by the believers in the temple, which I believe means evil or, pardon me, crazy woman? Am crazy I blonde. Crazy blonde. Pardon me. Yep, and she's the, uh, the crazy blonde. Yeah, yeah, no, she was and she was in uh, Peros Del Mal with uh, Pentagon and others. I, I can't remember everyone that was in the group right now. I'm not even going to try, but... The match starts off with a mean slap and a hilarious sound effect Sound effect that got added. I missed that. Well, no, it's just one of those, like, it, it was clearly something was added in post because no slap sounds that loud. Mm. Oh, I see what you're saying. They amplified it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. At one point, yes, they amplified it. Um, at one point, Cage caught Taya and curled her to the count of ten. Well, first he hit her with the stiffest haymaker I've ever seen a man hit a woman in a wrestling ring. With. Yeah, yeah. It's matches like these why people didn't watch Lucha Underground, unfortunately. Because yeah, they're, some people, they're not equal. They're, they don't believe in equality like me and you. Yeah, they're not as woke as us, of course. No, um, no it's it's just that, you know, intergender wrestling just isn't it for some people. Um, I mean, that's your prerogative. But, you know, it's I'll put it this way. I'm not going to try to change your mind, but I will say this. Did you turn off Endgame when Thanos was fighting Captain Marvel for the Scarlet Witch? Yes. Oh, was that rhetorical? Um, yes, that was rhetorical. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> Goodness gracious. I bet. Um, yeah, you're going to hear a lot of those. Um, oh, Taya kicked out of like an inverted F5 which I've never seen someone invert an F5 before. It was awesome. She was in, like, torture rack position, and then Cage sent her out. He sent. He did that F5. He did a haymaker. He did a power slam from the when he was doing the uh, almost the fallaway slam reps. Yep. He turned that into a power slam. He powerbombed her into the barricade of the second level. Mm-hmm. Then he powerbombed her into the ring post. Mm-hmm. 
And then he took her into the ring for a double powerbomb. Yes. He killed yeah. this woman. He did. He did. And she got a hope spot because Johnny Mundo introduced us to a lead pipe and introduced Cage's forehead to a lead pipe. And <coughs> he lifted Taya atop Cage and even put himself down on Taya to add extra weight to the pinfall. And Cage still kicked out. Is at this point, I was like, this is why I'm a Cage fan. This is why I fell in love with Cage as a wrestler. Because after this, we see a cinder block come into the ring. We see beer bottles. We see a kettlebell. We see all these things. And by the way, at one point, Cage drops Johnny onto, onto the mat near the cinder block and all that. And one of the sugar glass bottles breaks. Yeah, it was funny. Did you notice that? Yes, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Now, just like the vignette from a season ago, and just like the Falls Count Anywhere match with the Mac from Ultima Lucha Part 1, Cage was hit over the head with multiple beer bottles, and he no-sold both of them. Again, this is why I love Brian Cage. Because <laughs> he's a machine. Yeah, I think I've heard that somewhere, too. But uh, Yeah, maybe. Maybe you have. Who knows? Um Cage hits Weapon X on Taya. Cage gets the win. And by the way, after the beer bottle, Mundo just powdered. Mundo left the ring. No, he pushed Taya into Cage so that he could get out of the ring. Yes. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Pardon me. Um, Cage you know got the win. Sorry. I was just going to say, like, it sounds he did destroy Taya, but she kicked out of like almost every single high spot until the yeah. end. So yeah. while while she didn't get any real offense in, uh, and he did destroy her, he looks like a monster because he took the beer bottles, he took the lead pipe, and he still destroyed her. But she also looks pretty tough because she did take like an ass whooping that maybe even uh, Chavo wouldn't be able to withstand. You know, exactly. She, yeah. she looks great. Like she she looks like she is incredibly tough. She she looks like she can take a, an ass whooping because she did. And she got in there with a man the size of Brian Cage. Like, that's a quick way to earn, you know, the respect of the believers for sure. This was a win-win match. It got both people over. It did what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is, you know, Cage gets the win. Johnny powders. And after Cage gets the win, Johnny says, I'm still going to take your ass to Slamtown. It's I like, love that. You broke bottles over his head. You hit him with a lead pipe. You did all these things. And he's still standing. And he won. Not only is he still standing, he won. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. After that, we had another advertisement for my favorite uh, world-famous and recently retired underground prize fighter, Famous B. He's wearing a wizard hat. And we meet a woman by the name of Brenda who looked to be, uh, I guess the correct term would be white trash. No teeth. Uh, dirty as all get out. She had lost her job and her car and a tooth. One of her front teeth as well. Famous B gives her the magic touch and makes her beautiful and famous. And folks, if you want to be famous, all you have to do is dial 423-GET-FAME. That's 423-GET-FAME. And what's even better about this ad is it intentionally goes like a couple seconds too long because it, it focuses on Brenda for like a couple of extra seconds. She kind of has to like stare awkwardly at the camera. It was great. They both just look at the camera, look at each other and wait for the, the segment to end. But 
these these uh, vignettes are great. And yes, and, uh, absolutely, they are. They were famous. even better time when the the uh, timeline still worked. Yes, that is true. I mean, they famous B went from being like a a, a jobber to really being he, he hasn't even achieved the full uh, extent of how over he gets, but he he really does better as a manager. It seems. Yeah. Time goes on. After that, we see Ivelisse walking out of the office of the proprietor of the Lucha Underground Temple, Katrina. And she says, hey, we got our titles. We got our rematch, referring to the trios. And Angelico says, but? And she says, well, if we lose, we have to hit the open road. So it looks like whenever these Jesse and the Destroyers get their, um, or pardon me, Jesse and the Rippers get their rematch, it's going to be title versus career. Lots on the line. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And speaking of titles, that leads us to our main event of the night. We have Mil Muertes defending the Lucha Underground Championship against Prince Puma and Pentagon Jr. in a triple threat. First thing I notice is the two Technicos enter the ring and the crowd is very split on them until Mil Muertes comes out and you hear nothing but like, I don't want to say, okay, almost like groans of respect, like, oh, God, he's here. Yeah, they might boo him, but the Lucha Underground Temple is about violence. So as the matches go on with him, people are clapping. They're chanting his name. They love Mil Mortes delivers. Mm-hmm. No, you are, you are absolutely right, dude. <coughs> Pardon me. Pardon me. Um, what did you think of this match, man? I liked it. I, I remembered the outcome, so I wasn't too hyped into it. Um, Match-wise, I would say, and I even said this before with everybody else, that I think most everyone would enjoy this match greatly. It may, I, I'm not saying it's a five-star match or it's you know six-star or it's the best of, you know, of a year or it's a top ten, but it's a great match. If you go into it, you're going to enjoy it. You got... Three different styles of wrestling. You got one guy that's more of a heel, uh, or a cool heel now, cool heel submissions guy. You got a, you got Ricochet, and you got Mill, who's just the, you know, a monster. So you got three different wrestling styles that that work well together. It's not like it's a clash of styles. They 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 go well, and it flows well. I mean, we we had a battle in the stands. Mill, I just wrote down Mill uh, Mill's right hands. Like when he slugs people, he slugs people. Yeah. Uh, we had tons of suicide dives, lots of high spots and finishers, spears and flatliners from Mill, which and his spears are he tackles you like a football tackle. Yes. You know, his flatliners are better than anybody's, I, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, we even get a, a short um, super kick party at one yeah. point. Um, and uh, there's even a tease to, for an arm break. Uh, so this this match had a lot going. And the thing of the arm break is ultimately that's what cost Pentagon here because Pentagon hit the package pile driver on Prince Puma and he could have pinned him right then and there, but he took the time to set up to break the arm and that gave Milmuertes the time to wake up and hit the spear. And then Milmuertes hit a flatliner on both of his opponents. And he may not have stacked them, but he did smash and he did pin both of his opponents five years before Roman Reigns thought of doing the same thing at WrestleMania. I mean, this Penta is one of those wrestlers where if you're a huge, if you're uh, 
a few a huge fan and you believe in the kayfabe, he might be frustrating because he's not always going to try to win. He's going to try to hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. Or his his agenda is not winning. The match is secondary always. Uh, he's trying to hurt, cripple, or or destroy the other person, and, and pitting comes after those three things. Exactly, exactly. So his priorities, <clears throat> if you're a huge fan, his priorities are not in order. And as such, Mil Muertes is still your Lucha Underground champion. After the match, Katrina gives the lick of death to both Prince Puma and Pentagon Jr. And as Mil Muertes is posing with the belt in the ring, who do we see at the top of the steps but the Gift of the Gods champion himself, Ray Phoenix. He is here. He says, next week, me and you, Mil Muertes, for the Lucha Underground Championship. So, Phoenix, for the first time ever, is turning in the Gift of the Gods Championship to challenge for the Lucha Underground Championship. And that will happen next week. It's going to be a good show. It's going to be exciting. And with that, before we get out of here, we are going to grade this episode. And Greg, I'm going to let you start. What would you, what letter grade would you give this episode? I'd give it an A plus. Mm, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to give it an A. Um, the only thing I could say is the Marty and the Mac match could have been better, but I get what, like why it felt, why it was so restricted. You know, they're trying to tell a story. I get that. So that's why it doesn't get a plus or S, but Still a very good show. Very good show. The vignettes were very good. The Phoenix vignette set up for what we were going to see later on in the show. The famous B vignette was a nice little break from the action. The Drago vignette. Set oh my up god. For that's the that's where the plus came from. The damn nunchuck battle. There is uh there was nothing. The only thing you could say that was like ancillary or unnecessary on the show would be the famous B thing. But even that, that was like was a good time yes well look you know we can say we know it's going somewhere as people who see have seen the whole series but if you're watching this for the first time you're like what's the point i can see that yeah and i I understand the marty and i even said the marty finish because he does a top rope curb stop to mac Mm -hmm. which should be amazing but it was just and he didn't do it neither guy did it wrong like that's and i want to emphasize like they didn't botch it it didn't look bad it just the flow and the momentum of the match, it just kind of felt like it ended. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, yeah, so A from me, A plus from Greg. Pretty good episode. Guys, check out all the other episodes here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Check out um, the Social Suplex Podcast Network feed. That's where you can get all the shows on the network. Of course, you have the solo feed of the Grave Consequences Podcast, if you want that. Um... Uh oh, Wednesday nights after AEW Dynamite, check me out on Eddie and Caleb's Hero Cast. And I think that's really about it, Greg. I think we can get out of here and remind the folks to get your vaccine, wear your masks, because otherwise you may suffer grave consequences.